0: Hi, I'm Daniel Leakins, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years. And today, I have my special guest. He is the author of several books. No other than Mr. Richard. you, Daniel. Great, Mr. Richard. How about you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yes. So, what book you want to discuss today? Uh, well, I thought we'd talk about my novel, A Life Eternal. Oh, sounds interesting. What does the book all about? Right.
1: Well, the book is—it's a historical novel in a way, but it's—it's uh, it's a bit of a fantasy as well, and it takes. It takes place right across the 20th century, um, and it's, it's the story of a young man who, uh, like so many other young men, in 1914 uh, joins up to go to fight in World War I, uh, but in 1916 at the Battle of the Somme, he is, he's shot and wounded, uh, and he's dying. Um, and so he ends up, the the, the 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 he ends up in a French uh, church, just that they're using as a battlefield sort of um, hospital, if you like. Uh, and as he's dying in the middle of the night, and he's surrounded by all these young men who've have been killed, uh, this mysterious stranger appears by his bedside and touches him on the chest and he says something to him that he can't remember later on. But the next morning he wakes up and he finds that his wounds are, are healing. Uh, and very quickly he, he's back to full strength. Um, and that's where the story begins. And uh, the story then Rob, the young man is called uh, Rob Deacon and he, over the, the course of the 20th century, over the next few years, he realizes that he has become, um, immune to death he cannot die and he's and he's not getting any older and so the story it's 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 written uh it's told sort of first person and it follows the the life of rob from from waking up on in that hospital you know that church bed in um in 1916 and it goes all the way through to 2022 following
0: following rob's uh immortal life if you like so, when you're writing this book, what inspired you the most? I th- I think what inspired me to I wanted to write something about the twentieth
1: century because the twentieth century is uh, it's seen the, the 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 biggest changes in in human life. I think you know at the beginning of the tw- in say 1900, the world was it was still Victorian, but you know you you move very very quickly through. Uh, World War One and World War Two and the Cold War and the and the massive um, technological advances that happened in the 20th century, and so I, I was I wanted I wanted to write a story about an immortal because um, it interests me, but I wanted not to. I wanted it to to almost be as if someone you know a, a possibly a a, a human life expanse if you like I mean you know he's he's like 126 or something by the end of the book which obviously not many people get to if anyone but uh, I didn't want it to be you know like Highlander where he's 500 years old and that's basically what the whole story is because I think if you were immortal I think it would drive you mad I think you would become inhuman and this is the problem that Rob begins begins to suffer from he begins to look upon other humans as less than him and he's forever trying to trying to keep his humanity throughout the book while at the same time trying to trying to he's trying to find out why he's different because he doesn't know he doesn't know who this person was that touched him and made him like this and he doesn't understand why he's not like everybody else and he wants to be as the book goes on you know, he meets he meets people and he meets a woman that he loves, but he wants to be human, and he can't be. He can't be the same as everybody else, and it starts to to make him very very angry throughout his life, really, and very um, sad and lonely. You know, he, he's like a man who is he can never be close to anyone else, mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted to write about. So I wanted to write a, a history novel because there are things in there, you know such as world war 1 and world war 2 but there are you know there's things mentioned about the cold war events in the cold war like the cuban missile crisis and things like that um that I wanted to sort of explore how that impacted on everybody's life but certainly on on somebody like like rob who who basically can't die that's what the book is all
0: about really uh, why this book called sci-fi chiller
1: yeah yeah I, it's it's not horror it's not i don't know what it is it's it's speculative fiction uh but it's about emotions and it i you know i'd been writing horror stories and i'd been writing sort of sci-fi stories and i wanted to write something about human feelings i wanted to write something a bit more literary i think and i and uh and i think i i did that with the life eternal it's it's a more it's a quieter book if you like uh but there's a lot
0: packed into it Okay, so is this your uh, favorite book?
1: It is my favorite book, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This. To me, I think this was my best writing. It seemed to, to flow very easily, the story for A Life Eternal. It seemed to come very quickly and very easily. Uh, and it seemed like it was the book I wanted to write, you know. Um, I hope that I can write more books. <laughs> I mean, I've written books since that. I mean, we talked about, we talked about shadow of the knife. I've written something yeah. slightly different, a more historical sort of thriller. Yes. Um, but again, that's something I wanted to do. I wanted to do something. I like writing different genres. I don't want to be, uh, I don't always want to write horror. I don't always want to write sci-fi or history. I just, I write what, what I want to write, you know?
0: Yes. If you are given a chance to have a movie contract, yeah, if you wanted the same uh, title of the movie or you wanted to modify?
1: I, I think the title is very good. Um, we talked about this. The same thing happened with this as happened with Shadow of the Knife. I had a sort of a, a basic idea, but I had a title. Most of the time when I'm writing, the first thing that comes to me is the title of a book. And for this book, my original title was um, "Passing It Along," which uh, has a lot to do with it. it. it's how the how this how Rob gains this immortality. But the publishers sort of rightly saw the sort of said that it's not really generic enough. It's too generic, you know. It, it doesn't really tell the story. But a life eternal, obviously. Gives you an indication of of what this what the story is about. It's about this guy's eternal life and and how he starts to hate it. Um, so I don't know a life eternal. I think is a good title. That would probably be what it was.
0: I think sounds interesting. What
1: did you learn
0: from this book? I
1: learned a lot about. Um, uh, but, well you know as, a, as I'm a history teacher uh, I do teach about the Cold War so I sort of know the events of of the 20th century quite well but there and I also teach about um America in the 20th century and I wanted to do some stuff in that as well so uh, there's a part of the book where Rob actually goes to New York and he ends up uh, it's prohibition New York you know with with the uh, uh, and he, he ends up uh sort of working for a gangster basically a a mobster uh and that was fun sort of learning some of the mobsters because we all know the ones in you know all everybody knows about al capone and chicago and things in the 1920s um but finding out about the 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 sort of gangster and the prohibition and what was going on in new york was quite interesting and and stuff people that i didn't know about and it was that was interesting so i learned about that um I learned that I I quite like writing uh, first person as well. I I like the, uh, because there's something about writing from a first person viewpoint, which is difficult in a way because you can't, there's a lot of my books. I've got little vignettes where things happen to one side, which are to do with the story, but they involve other people. But this one, obviously if you're writing it as if I, you know, I'm Rob writing my story and my life, I wanted to do that because it makes it more personal, and that's what I wanted for this book. I wanted it to be a very, almost, a, you know, for whoever was reading it could hopefully try and relate to it better than if it was third person. But I, I found that I quite like it. But it is difficult because you can't. You, you, it has to follow Rob's story, and that can get, if if it's not done properly, I think it can get boring. You know, uh, yeah. if you're talking about what you had for your dinner or something like that. <laughs> you know, if if, if it's your um, if it's your ordinary life, but obviously his life is not ordinary. It's And so there's a, there's a lot of jumping around in time. Well, cause it covers, you know, from basically from 1916 up to, as I've said, up to 2022. So there are jumps and there are, there are chunks where, you know, we don't, we don't know what happened to Rob, you know, ten years or so where you pick the story up again, you know, um, so that was that. Would that I learned how to write differently? I think, and I think it's worked. I think it's worked okay. I think it. I think it, it worked out all
0: right. Do a life eternal have a cigar?
1: No, no. It, it, it's a one-off, uh, and I wouldn't want to. It in a way it could, with the mm-hmm. way the ending is, I suppose, but. It, i didn't want to do that I, I wanted this story just to be a one-off um there's too many books that have sequels it's, you know i mean not that this book has been particularly successful it's been okay but probably the most successful of all of my books but i think uh, like films as well you know they can just make one after the other and it just spoils well like highland if we're talking about um Immortals, you know Highlander is is the is the, the movie Highlander. One of this one of the my favorite films ever. You know when it came out, I went to see it and I loved it and I loved it. And then they made that god awful um, sequel to it where they turned them all into spacemen and I, I just you know and it's just it spoils the original film. You've just got to basically. So I didn't want this spoiled. This is this is one man's story of his life and you can't really write. Stories about
0: different lives, you know. It had to be about uh, Rob. It's all about Rob. How about if the movie outfit forced you to do it? Are you willing to do the sequel?
1: It would be really difficult to do it. I could. I think I could do it. Well, no, no. I think I would have to put my foot down and say no. This is this is just a one-off. I think what this book lends itself to. If if we're talking and you know, if we're being um, talking fantasy and, and talking about films or stuff, I think what this. Because it's in three parts, so it's like part one, part two, and part three. So what would be, what would be? I suppose they could make three films if you could do that. But I think it would lend itself better to a maybe it's a three series Netflix uh, thing, you know, with part one, and then you could have the next series was part two, and the, and then the last series part three. Uh, so it you, it could be sequels if you chunk the book down into its different um, time periods, if you like, because part one is basically from World War One to mm. about 1970, 69, 70. And then part two is from there till about uh, 2015. And then the last part of the book is is, is from 2015 to 2022. So the last part is, is very short time
0: period-wise, uh, but there's a lot goes on. Oh, sounds interesting, Mr. Richard. Eternal life is all about Rob itself. Yeah, about
1: his life and how
0: his strange life affects him. So give us one highlight of the book.
1: Oh, one, I t- Some people have written in the, in the, in the uh, reviews yes. that the writing, because he ends up, you know, obviously he's a young man in World War I, and so there are a few little flashbacks where he's thinking back t- to some events in World War One, but he ends up, you know, I'm not, I don't want to go into the book too much, but he does end up, even though he doesn't want to, he ends up in World War Two as well. And I think, uh, I think those his experiences are are quite well written. Or people have said they're well written. But I think, you know, a highlight would be, I think the hi- you know what, the highlight would be the end, I think the, I love the ending of this book and I think it makes perfect sense of what he goes through for over a hundred years and I think the ending I think I give him the ending he deserves, in a way and I think that would be the highlight, the highlight would be the, the finale if you like the Adjectives would have to be uh, how what Rob feels about it, so you could have heartbroken, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of that in it, lonely Definitely would be a, a word to use. Questioning, I suppose, because he's he's forever trying to find out why he is the way he is. Anger. He he becomes very closed off and angry. And redemption. Redemption will be good at the end of the book.
0: So they would be the words I'd use, I think. Sounds interesting, Mr. Richard. As a writer of different kinds of genre, if you're writing a fiction, what inspired you the most? I think it starts with a question, you know, a sort of a, well,
1: what if? That's that's what's always inspired. I think it's what inspires most writers. But certainly with me, it starts with a question. Well, what if, you know, what if? you were immortal what would the reality of being immortal not being able to die what would that really mean because most people think oh it'd be brilliant you could do what you want and then you you know you, you you could you could do all these exciting things and if you wouldn't get killed and you wouldn't die but our the what if was well what if it's not like that what if the reality is real horror that what you know cuz you never you haven't got that certainty at the at the end that you will die because it's the one thing dying which is it sounds a bit macabre in a way but dying is the, the one thing that every single human being has a connection with each other because we're all going to die at, at some point <laughs> you know everyone yeah. is going to die and and there's a bit in the book where he says it doesn't matter who you are or what you've had in your life at the end you're on your yeah. own you know and and i think that that sort of that what if what if you couldn't die how would that be a good thing or a bad thing and, and as i was sort of re- looking into book and writing and i thought it would be a i think it would be a bad thing i think it'd be an awful thing because you, you can't have you can't be the same as everybody else you're totally different yeah. um and i think the what if is just for every book, you know, every book I've ever written, Shadow of the Knife that like we've talked about previously, me and you, uh, you know, well, what if those murders started again, you know, two years after Jack the Ripper and, um, with point of contact? What if people started to die, you know, in bizarre manner? What would happen? You know, and so it's always a what if. That's what always is the first thing with with my writing. Um what if this happens? What would you do then?
0: <laughs> and
1: then you just you just take it from there and sort of run with it, you know?
0: Yes. So is it the same with horror, if you're writing a yeah, horror?
1: Yeah, absolutely. With, with Minstrel's Bargain, my first ever book, you know, what if there was this immortal... Again, we're talking about immortality, except Minstrel likes being immortal. But uh, what if there is this ancient creature who uses music to... Steal souls and basically that's what minstrels bargain and and the two sequels of minstrels bargain the prophecy books are all about what if what if you had this creature who hides behind a human face you know uh and uh, and that's basically where everything comes from
0: so what
1: genre do you like uh writing changes it changes i think if there's anything that that I would say that's speculative genre so whether that's sci-fi or whether it's something like a life eternal I still don't even know really what genre a life eternal is I suppose on one aspect it is science fiction um, but it's also a sort of more literary literary um, uh, type of, of novel uh, but I love uh, you know, there's this there's, there's books I would love to write. I'd love to write a children's book, and I've tried, but I'm not very good at it. And I think I would have to practice at that uh, to yeah. do it justice. You know, um, but it does change. I, I I still like. I've still got. I've got a lot of ideas for books that I've written down. Ideas, and some of them are uh, like alternative histories. Do you know what I mean? So if if and not again, they're the they're the perfect what if what if something had happened and changes history, you know? So I've got a couple of ideas for that, but I've also got a, a, a horror idea and a, and a and another sort of uh, speculative idea as well. I've got a lot of them. I just getting the time to get them all written down, you know? And at the yeah. same time, I'm trying to write, at the moment, I'm still trying to write the sequel to Shadow of the Knife, which was my, my
0: the last book that I wrote interesting so if you compare a life eternal to shadow of the knife what is a big difference the big difference I
1: suppose is um, this shadow shadow of the knife is a it's a mystery thriller that's there's, there's a big element of mystery in a life eternal as well um, when he, he just for him trying to find out why he is why Rob is immortal why he is the way he is. Um, but the big difference is i think that speculative side you know shadow of the knife is is uh, it's set in the past but it is i try to make it as realistic as possible um with a book like a life eternal um i've got a sort of a get out clause in a way that rob can't be killed (laughs) so if he ends up you know getting shot or something then he's not going to die but in Obviously, a shadow, a shadow of the knife. Then people would die if they were if they were uh, shot, and th- that's the big difference. I suppose is just the tone. The tone of the two books are very different. Shadow of the knife is much more fast-paced uh, thriller, even though it's set in the pub and is sort of a, a police-type thriller. Whereas a life eternal is a, is a in a way. Although there are some, there's a lot of action sequence in there, in a way it's a quieter book. It's a, it's a more contemplative book, you know, thinking about things rather than, uh,
0: you know, running around the streets of the East End trying to catch a killer. So, Mr. Richard, if you will make a fusion in writing, if you want to combine Life Eternal and Shadow of the Knife, what part of the book will make a fusion? I think
1: what I try to do in all of my books, and I try to do this with Minstrel's Bargain, the first book I, I had published, I try to make my characters as human as possible. Um, and I think that would be, that would be the connection. Because I've read a lot of books where you've got these cardboard character, two, two-dimensional type characters um, yeah. who just get on and do stuff. But I, 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 personally, as a reader, I like getting to know. I like getting to know the the why, you know, the why a character does a certain thing or how a character feels, um, and I suppose maybe a lot of people don't like that, but that's personally that that I think goes across all of my books. Pers- I, other people might disagree, but I think my characters are. Human, you can relate to them. Certainly, uh, you know, the, like I say with minstrels. Certainly with Rob, but Rob is a strange fish because he becomes so removed from humanity in a way, you know. Um, and he's from a different period of time. You know, he's from—he's born in eighteen ninety-six, so he's—he's he's not, you know, he's—he's he's not a character that I can relate to from my lifetime, if you like. Uh, I suppose the main character in Minstrel's Bargain, Phil Sturgis, is much more like me. And I, and I think I wrote him very similar to my personality, if you like. Uh, but I've tried to not do that in, in books since,
0: since I've written. I don't want to put too much of me <laughs> under, <laughs> under the pages, you know. So are you writing right now, again, another novel?
1: yeah well i have been again i've been recently picking up uh writing a sequel to shadow of the knife um so I, i'd like an at least one more book with with uh garmin and um and jonas handy the two main characters from that book i like them so that's that's another sort of historical um mystery so that's what i'm working on at the minute but i, I have I have got ideas. I have dreams, you know. I have I have weird dreams and I write them down. Um and I and I think, oh well that that that's got the the kernel of, of something that I can I can use uh, as a as a story, you know. So I've I've got a, a sort of sheet of paper with all these different ideas of of stories and I've just my plan is when I can get to them. I'll get I'll get onto one and I'll finish it and I'll move on to the other. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> and more more ideas will
0: hopefully come. Well, good luck for that sequel Thank of you. Shadow of the Knife, Mr. Thank Richards. You. So where do people buy your boots? Um
1: well, again, I, um, Amazon I suppose is the main one, but you, um, any, any, you can buy the paperback anywhere. You can buy a paperback. You know, Waterstones in the UK. I don't. Do you have Waterstones in uh, in Canada?
0: No, Missouri. No, Waterstones. Amazon. Are paper- yes, Amazon. We have um, Amazon, Amazon.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anywhere, anywhere you can buy a paperback. I mean, there's. Um, and I'm sure there's Canadian outlets that I don't know about, but I would imagine Amazon would be the the first port of call. Uh, but again, uh, for this particular book, you can buy it from um, burningchair.com. They've got their own um, little sort of shop on there that you can buy the paperback from. Um, but they, if you're wanting the... Kindle edition—it has to be Amazon because it is on KDP, so it'll, it's it's only on Amazon for the for the electronic version. But you can get the paperback in
0: virtually yes. anywhere where you buy paperbacks. We support Mr. Richard Ayer. and yes, please do uh, buy all the books. That's well, something. we can do if you
1: want to. I mean, I don't know if people will get bored.
0: No. <laughs>
1: I suppose we could, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to talk about. Uh, the Prophecy books, there are three books. So you, you've got three books to talk about with that one. You can do that all in one go, I suppose. if
0: you Sounds interesting. We're going to talk about that one next week, Mr. Richard. Yeah, okay. all right, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you for having you, Mr. Richard. Thank
1: you very much. Daniel, can I just give a little call out to some various people, that have, you know, writers and things that, are, that have helped me and, and, and I've become friends with. Is that all right to do? Yeah, definitely. Yes, go ahead. Cheers. Can I just say a massive thank you to the following people, Steve Griffiths, Faith Phillips, Andrew Neil McLeod, Macla- John Fullerton, Patricia Aylin, James Marks, Richard Wall, David Owen Hughes, Chris tetral Blair, Adrian Chamberlain, Anita Waller, Duncan Bradshaw, Shane Agnew, Chris Hall, Trish Finnegan and Nicky Baker. And I'm sure I've missed people often. If I have massive apologies. And if I get the chance to talk to you again, Daniel, I'll, I'll add those people in, but it's amazing. The best thing, you know what it is. The best thing about being a writer is meeting other writers and meeting other people who are, yeah. And it's just lovely because you become friends with these people. And most of these people I've never met face to face. You know, in fact, there's only one, two of them, three of them, sorry, four, four people I've met face to face but they've become they've all become uh, friends and we support okay. each other and that's that's what's really brilliant about being a writer is, is the support you get off other
0: writers I uh, created this podcast to empower writers like you
1: yeah exactly and people like yourself are just wonderful as well Daniel it's it's you know everybody every writer appreciates everything anybody ever does but it's it's just it
0: makes for a nice family I think. Yes, that's true. Thank you for empowering writers like Mr. Richard. Thank you so much, Mr. Richard. Thank See you again, Daniel. Lovely to speak to you. Shout out to the people listening in the United States. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. More to go, people. See you soon.
1: Bye, Daniel. Bye.